What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in a California municipal court. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their disputes held here in our forum, the People's Court. Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Aloha. Hello there. Did uh, you know, it's funny you say aloha. Aloha means hello and goodbye. It does. How could that be? Aloha. Malikalikimaka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. It's not Christmas. Nope. No, as a matter of fact, it's springtime. Springtime for Jay and the show. You know, it's been a, uh, uh, it, it's taken a while for the, for the nice weather to reach us. Fine. Well, today's not so nice. No, but I think the sun is supposed to it's come out. It's a little out. dreary. It is dreary. It's supposed to come out at some point. But anyway. Well, we added we added some stuff to the show. We, we did? Yeah. Oh. So to make it easily more easily found, we added a subtitle. Oh, that's right. To the, uh, so it's, we're still the Eon Project, uh, meaning experts of nothing, as you all know, are, are faithful fans. But we added a, a subtitle to the show. That's right. And what is that again? Uh, mysteries, myths, and merriment. Mysteries, myths, and merriment. Oh, this fits perfectly. It's hard for those to say with a lisp. How do you feel about euthanasia? Um, I think that they, you know, largely they study math a lot. They do. And they're good at things. Yeah, it's better a tr- than me. They're smarter than me. It's a controversial topic, but I believe young people in, uh, you know, uh, countries such as China, yeah. Mongolia, Japan, Mongolia. Korea. Is Mongolia a country? It is. Still? Uh-huh. Oh. Do you like being pampered? Like putting uh, well, diapers? Well, I like pa- I like being pampered, but I, loves fit me nicely, too. Yeah. You ruined my joke. Oh. I was, I was going to tell a joke, and you ruined oh, it. Oh, sorry. I'm too quick for you. Anyway. Well, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project, where we have all sorts of nonsense. Sometimes we, we uh, sound like we know what we're talking about. That's right. But many times, uh, not. No, definitely not. But uh, we had an interesting uh, 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 show, non, non-show-related gathering That's right. last weekend, but there were listeners of the show there, so it was not publicized. But that's, it was a fun gathering. That's right. You know, we almost decided to go on the air yeah. uh, that day, an impromptu show. It was lots of fun. But uh, our blood alcohol content was beyond the lim- <laughs> legal limit for podcasting. Well, you know, there was a lot of there's a lot of chicanery going on, uh, some nonsense, some tomfoolery. That's right. Uh, involving a bounce house, uh, water, uh, uh-huh. water things. Yep. Gin. Yep. We enjoyed lots of copious amounts of gin. There were ladies there. Ladies. Present. Listeners of the show. We, one lady mm. who uh, uh, called me famous for listen, for, for being on this program. So I missed I wanna, that one. I want to thank you. You sure you didn't Unnamed uh, lady. imagine that in a drunken stupor? No, I think it was pretty early on in the day. There was one other lady that uh, was like scooping up random people and slamming them into the bounce house. Yes. And taking advantage and of them. things it to them weird. in the bounce house. Anyway. anyway. Well, welcome to another edition where last, last week... Uh, what did we do last week? I don't remember. Last week was, uh, was well, well, today's a red letter day because... Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Go ahead. It's uh, show 36, and we've surpassed uh, our earlier incarnation of this show. We only did 35 programs. So we're uh, we're forging new ground. Anyway, we're, so for this episode of the Eon Project, we're going to be talking about some mysterious places. And I know that that's kind of a topic that we talk about quite a bit, but there's so many mysterious places in the world mm-hmm. and the topics we're going to th- talk about today have some sort of uh, there, there are places that have that you can visit that have some sort of otherworldly powers 
or oh, that's the theory. The anyway. theory being that mm. there's otherworldly powers. We're going to be t- talking about some uh, uh, some sites related to biblical uh, history. Yes, and also some some sites he- uh, uh, outside the United States and here in the New England area. Oh, so I'm excited to hear this. We're going to be going uh, back and forth, and I have a special halftime. A game for Jason oh. that he doesn't know anything about. Unbeknownst to me, it's not trivia, but it's it's somewhat somewhat of a guessing thing. I don't like surprises. Entertaining, anyway. Does it require me to uh, undress? You're gonna find out at the halfway point. Slather myself in bacon grease. You're gonna find out, just okay. like you did the other day. That's right. So this week on the Ian Project, we're gonna talk about some mysterious places. The first place we're gonna discuss today mm. is here in the great region known as New England. Mm. You know that people are always looking to explore strange and unusual places, right? Much like I did Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's deemed dangerous to do so. Oh, and if they tell you not to go there, people want to go there. Yeah. For this spot we're going to talk about today, we are going to the wilds and untamed and unkempt areas of Massachusetts. Oh. In search of a cemetery that could be a gateway to hell itself. Oh, like where Satan resides? Does, he, does Satan reside in hell, or does he does he reside in the world? Well, he's I believe he's he's uh, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. That's right. Like my mom, <laughs> Spider Gate Cemetery. Oh, in Leicester, Massachusetts. You ever been to Leicester, 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 Leicester? It's Leicester. It's Leicester. No. Those of you who are listening in the United Kingdom, and we picked up a few new, uh, new listeners, can can correct us because it is an English name, but I believe it is pronounced Leicester. <laughs> anyway, it's near Worcester. Okay. It's Spidergate Cemetery. It's had a long reputation of being a very weird place. And there's stories abound about strange goings on that supposedly happened there that have been made for some interesting legends over the years. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some of the legends today. It is also known as the old Quaker Cemetery. You know why they call them Quakers, by the way? Well, because they quake quite often. Because they made oats. And Quaker oats has the pilgrim guy on it. That's right. No, it's actually big black hat. In their religious uh, fervor, in their religious ecstasy, uh, in their ceremonies, they would shake and quake. Those are the shakers. You're confused. Yeah, I am. I don't know why they call them Quakers. Shakers and Quakers are different. So why'd they call them Quakers? Well, because they couldn't... They Yeah. You don't know either. No, I don't. Someone correct us. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the cemetery itself lies near Worcester and is officially privately owned by the Worcester Pleasant Street Friends Meeting Group, which Mm -hmm. means you can't go there without permission because it is privately owned. Uh, but it's owned by Quakers, and you know traditionally Quakers shy away from violence. So take your chances. What are you going to do? What are they going to do? They're, they can't do nothing. Are they a peaceful people? Yeah. Oh, I thought they were war warlike. No, 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 no. Oh. Quakers turn the other cheek, my friend. Oh. Uh, very nice people. Uh, there's been some uh, famous Quaker. Uh, I believe that the the you know that did you see that movie that came out? I think it was a year or two ago about World War, it was about the World War II conscience subjector. Um, yes. What was the name of that movie? Oh, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yes. Well, I believe he that was, was a, a Quaker. Clint Eastwood directed movie. I believe that that gentleman was a Quaker, uh-huh. uh, but he, he served his country nobly nonetheless. Graves at the Spidergate Cemetery exist from back in the 1700s to the early 2000s, and it sits on a private way about 800 feet from the main road. So it's not that far, but it's not, mm-hmm. not right near the road either. The gates of the graveyard feature these weird spider-looking decorations, hence the name Spider Gates. It's not actually called Spider Gate Cemetery. That's just what it's known as. It's known as, the, it's actually called the Quaker Cemetery. One story says that the founder, George Fox, once told a magistrate to tremble or quake at the name of God and the name Quakers stuck. Aha. There you go. Thank you for that explanation about the Quakers. So the gates have these weird spider things on them. Actually, there's an interesting rumor uh, that the gates of the uh, at the cemetery today. So if you were to go there, I'm going to talk about you know how to get there in a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you do decide to go there and you see the gates, 
those are not the original gates. Supposedly, the original gates are either locked away in a vault for mm-hmm. some reason, uh-huh. or they were stolen and replaced with replicas. Probably stolen. Probably stolen. So the legend goes that there are supposedly seven gates at the site, and if you pass through them in a special sequence, you unlock some kind of portal or something that's okay. going to take you somewhere oh. or something. I don't know. You, you don't know. Okay. I, it never happened. Do you have to, is it like a spell or something that you have to... Like, no, you just got to walk through them in a certain certain sequence. Okay. So the reputation of the cemetery has reached epic proportions in the internet age, you know, where it's sometimes hard to tell truth from fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't put stuff on the internet unless it's true. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that once. That is true. They believe that. Yep. You can't put it on the internet if it's not no, true. No, there's people out there, they, uh, they, they verify all this stuff. That's right. There are. So the main draw of this place is supposedly it's a gateway straight to hell, which makes me wonder why people would want to go there in the first place. But who am I to judge? There's been several reported legends that have been deemed as facts. Mm -hmm. And here are some of them. Okay. Here's one of the legends. A teenage boy hung himself from a tree by the main gate in the... uh, Reports vary from the 1950s to the 1980s. So as we go through these, I'm going to dispel them or prove them as we go, because there's a lot of them. And you've done copious amounts of research Copious amounts yeah. of research. Okay. So anyway, a teenage boy supposedly hung himself from a tree. Gates of local records have failed to, re- to reveal any such event at the cemetery. Although supposedly about a mile, less than a mile away from the site, there was a suspicious hanging event that was never solved. Mm-hmm. So you know how sometimes legends meld together. So something happened, you know, nearby and they just say, oh, no, what happened at the site of this? Cemetery? You know, obviously suicide is never something to joke about. No, it's about. not funny at all. But... I, it, it, uh, you know, I I can't imagine hanging to be a pleasant way to go. No. Wouldn't there be other ways it would be less yeah. painful and I, distressing? I, yeah. It's not something that, you know, you want to speculate about. People are uh, often in weird places when they do stuff. So. Eh, you don't want to do that. Anyway, strange hooded figures have been seen holding candles and chanting in the dead of night mm. in the cemetery. What do you think of that one? Well, you know, that actually happens quite often. Does it? It does. Uh, in okay. the woods. People go in the woods. They chant. Well, they wear they, robes. They and... wear robes. They ro- Now, why is a robe? A robe has like mystical sure. uh, an, uh, aura about it for some reason. Well, this this particular rumor may have a, a scintilla of, of uh, truth to it. Scintilla? Yes. Isn't that like a hundred year anniversary? So I did find some accounts that nearby Worcester Polytechnic Institute, of which we know some folks who graduated. That's right. There was a fraternity that would make visits to the site, to the to the cemetery in robes. Potentially as a hazing thing or part of a dumb ritual thingy, mabobber, mm. where they were like doing some kind of thing in the cemetery. Yeah, so we used to uh, we used to hang out at WPI. We've been to fraternity parties at WPI. That's right. And we were the coolest guys there, which tells you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, something roars in the woods. Something unaccounted Ooh. for roars from the woods. Here, here's the explanation to that one. Mm-hmm. It's on the path of approach to nearby Worcester Regional Airport. So oh, it could be a when jet, planes are a jet plane? landing or taking off, they make a loud noise. A big old jet airliner? It's also right near a landfill, also known to make noises when the people are working. And make it. strange smells emanating from it. Sure. There is a central raised area about 20 feet by 20 feet called the altar, where Satanists have permission to conduct their rituals. This really? This is the rumor. Who's giving them permission? Well, that's the thing. Is this some kind of like, you got to sign up for it? They got to go to town hall and you, get a... You uh, get a permit... I am a Satanist, and I want to do some sort of visual. There, there's an application fee. Yes. Uh, it has to go in front of the uh, the city council. You have to pass to get a approved. test. Yep, you're yeah. going to pass a Satanism test. Mm. I don't know what that would consist of. But anyway, the there is an actual raised area, 20 feet by 20 feet, where there is no where there are no gravestones. However, 
This is actually the footprint of the old Quaker meeting house that used to be on the site many mm-hmm. years ago. It was actually torn down. So, you know, when they build um, buildings, they typically do it on a flat, raised piece of ground for drainage purposes and sure. whatnot. So that one has some explanation there. Here's another rumor. There is a second cemetery nearby that can only be found once. The story goes that if you wander around the woods near the graveyard, you may find a phantom graveyard that appears for only a brief time and then disappears. And you can never find it again. And then you can never find so it again. So once you see it once, that's it. That's it. Uh, not sure if anyone's ever proved that one. Mm. It's probably really difficult. It's like, uh, did you watch the Wonder Woman movie? No. You didn't see Wonder Woman? No. What's wrong with you? Why would I? It's a good movie. It's got hot chicks in it. Oh. With rope. It, anyway, <laughs> so there's a, uh, the, the cemetery thing. It, oh, excuse me. In the Wonder Woman movie, they live on an island that right. you can't see. It's, it's oh, shrouded it's by mists. Right. Although, once you see it once, they don't let you leave. Can you imagine finding that? That'd be cool, man. Oh. All these hot chicks. Amazonians. Yeah, but how do they procreate? How does that happen? It's magical. It's a, it's a myth, mystical, uh, mm. magical society. I don't know, but I want to find out. Here's another rumor. There's a cave nearby where a little girl was killed and mutilated. Uh, there is no record of that being taking place. There is a culvert or cave-looking thing nearby, mm. but no records indicate that any type of crime happened there. Okay. If you turn, here's another rumor. If you turn over rocks in the area just outside the cemetery wall, you will find runes etched into them. Now that's significant because runes were not in use in uh, uh, in, Amer- in the Americas. Why don't you explain what runes are for those runes that don't are, know? Uh, uh, Nordic writing that uh, that was popular back in like the year 1000 around that era. Yeah. And uh, there are some rune stones in the United States that have been found. The Kensington rune stone comes right. to mind. Um, there's been there's been a few uh, there's supposedly one in Massachusetts someplace uh, Dighton Rock I think has runes on it mm. and then there was another one in Narragansett Bay that's right in uh, Rhode Island where there was supposedly runes written on which would be again very significant which would indicate that uh, perhaps some European visitors were to, uh, in the Americas that's way right. hundreds and hundreds of years before Columbus anyway there's been no evidence that any of these runes have ever been uncovered at the Spider Gate Cemetery. So in searching for first-hand accounts about spider gates, you don't find many. There's usually second-hand accounts or rumors about, mm. you know, about the site and everything like that. And if you try to figure out what, where the, there's only one gate. So mm-hmm. they talk about seven gates. And then the, once you pass through seven gates, you find the portal to hell. Right. There's only one gate. Uh, but some people say, oh, no, there's, if you, if you look at the stones, they form gates. So you got to walk through those mm-hmm. in a certain um, whatever the case, this seems to be a case where stuff has just metamorphosized over the years to become more and more uh, added on to the legends. Did you say? Did, did you say earlier if if people can still go to this cemetery? Yeah, or? I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Okay. So yes, you can still visit the cemetery. Uh, it, it is uh, it is illegal to be there after dark. There is a sign posted that says um, closed after dark, but that's a sign that's in every cemetery basically. Mm. There are rumors that the Worcester Police Department have sensors in the ground that if you walk around there at night, you'll be caught. Doubt I can it. tell you that that's probably not true. Um, they have better things to do in Worcester <laughs> than worry about people in a graveyard. So let me tell you a quick graveyard story. Oh, quick. sure. <clears throat> so as we know, as we're talking, you know, gra- graveyards have a or cemeteries have a, uh, you know, they, they have a dark Sure. Uh, underbelly, if you will. Underbelly. <clears throat> and especially when you're a kid, you like to explore these places, right? Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of scare, fright, sure. if you will. So there was a uh, there's a cemetery here in the uh, the local area called uh, Precious Blood Cemetery. Yeah, Precious Saint. And a friend of mine, a youth, uh, we were youths together, and we used to ride our bikes all around, 
And we'd always ride our bikes through this cemetery. It's quite a large cemetery. It is a very large cemetery. And uh, in the middle of it is a giant stone edifice. It's a Parthenon. That's right. Yeah. It's a... Uh, uh, um, Greek columns. It's a mausoleum for the great... Uh, the, the former mayor of the town, of the city, uh, Pothier, I believe was his I name. I don't even know what that thing is there for, but it's huge. You can see it forever. There's columns. There's steps. It's made of white marble. It's, it looks like you'd get married there. <clears throat> it's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. So we would we would ride our bikes up to this, and there were these little slits in the back of the Whoa. the mausoleum that you could look into, oh. and you could see in there. What was well, in there? Well, we used to think we saw bones. Oh. We used to saw random bones in there. Yeah, probably not. But you know, this was before cell phones. We didn't think to bring flashlights <laughs> to look in, but we just saw random bones, and now we got frightened and we pedaled away. That's their and then came back the next day and looked again. Well, that's a supposedly haunted cemetery as well. Mm. But anyway, like I was saying before, so there are firsthand, there are a few firsthand accounts about Spider Gate Cemetery. Most of the stuff you find today is that people reporting that they went there and, right. then, and, and, and then nothing happened. However, one interesting bit I did find, which may have led some, shed some light on this whole thing, was one gentleman posted a, a, a lo- kind of a longer story online uh, where he evidently back in the 1950s and 60s, there was a... Uh, a home for boys uh, about a half a mile away from there. What like kind a, of home? Like a group home. Oh. For wayward boys. Ooh. They used to have those lots of places. Yeah. Like wayward boys or orphans or whatever. So anyway, there was a uh, there was a home for boys in that area. And that at the time, kids would play from the home. The boys from the home would play in the cemetery. So they would go and, you know, like yep. you just said, they would you know, play on the graves and stuff like that. So in order to dissuade kids from going to the cemetery, the priests who ran this place would tell stories about devil worshipers and hangs and scary stuff and haunted, uh, whatnots to the kids right. to keep them from going in to the cemetery. One of the, this guy who wrote this story said that he, he went back to the home as an adult. It was like, apparently it was still standing as when he was an adult asked around. Uh, and some of the priests said that they made the whole thing up to, to keep kids out of there. Why is it that, uh, over the course of history, a humankind, adults make up stories to try to keep kids in line, and it never works. Why do they keep well, doing it? Well, it, it works to some extent. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of urban legends, that's how they start. They start off as cautionary tales, right. that whether they have a modicum of truth to them or not. You know, they, they're designed to scare people into either doing something or not doing something. That's right. And who knows where these th- things believe, uh, start. But if you look at that, that's probably how this started. Mm. The priest started making up stories about kids keeping kids out of the graveyard. Those boys grew up. They they moved around the country, and then soon stories about this site start popping up. Right, and you can check out the site for yourself. Like I said, be be respectful if you go there. It's in you can find directions to it online if you looked if you just look up Spider Gate Cemetery. It's not really um, easy to get to. You gotta you gotta trudge through the through the uh, grass and underbrush and whatnot uh, to get over there, but. If you do, go during the day and don't don't break anything. Don't be a don't be a douche nozzle. Don't be a douche nozzle. No. Okay. Anyway, that's Spider Gate Cemetery. That's cool. Yeah, you want to go there? We'll do a, uh, we we'll do, do a, a remote. Lo- we'll do a remote from there. Hmm. That sounds cool. We can do that. All right. That's all you got for that one. That's it. That's good. Do you want to get into the bit? Yeah. You want to do the bit now? Sure. We're a little bit early, but we got a couple other things we got to do. We so. do. So we're gonna be uh, our uh, our show is gonna be a haphazard today. Okay. What do you got for me? So okay, I'm, so I'm nervous thing. about this. Here's the thing. Two things. Mm. That have weird names in this world, besides celebrities' children, are racehorses and rock bands. Ooh. In this game, I will read to you a name, and you must tell me if it is the name of a rock band or a racehorse. Now, keep in mind, these are actual bands who have released records or albums, and horses who have run real races. Nothing has been made up by me. So, no, I know a little bit about music, but I don't know poop about horses. Right. Aside from that, they poop a lot. 
So I'm gonna I'm just gonna read you the name, and why don't you give instead of answering right away, which you typically do, uh-huh. give a pause to allow the the people at home to play. I may need well. to pause anyway to think about it. Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna read it. You tell me if it's if this is a rock band or a racehorse. Got it. Natalie Portman's shaved head. That's a rock band. Sounds like a punk band to me. That is a rock band. All right. <laughs> Good guess. Here's the next one. Yep. Touch My Rash. Oh, I know Touch My Rash. They came in uh, 15th at the last Belmont Stakes. That's a horse. <laughs> it's a rock band. Oh, damn. Touch My Rash. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Horsey McHorseface. <laughs> that sounds like a... Uh, a fine young lady I met at a bar uh, several years ago. <laughs> Horsey McHorse face. That's too obvious to me. So that's going to be a, uh, that's a rock band. That's a band. That is a horse. And I did that on purpose knowing that you oh. were trying to out psychology me. Yes, I did. No, but you were out. You were, oh, you were damn. Wrong. I got okay. one so far. You got one. Next one. Baby ankles. <laughs> that's a horse. That's a horse. That's uh, pretty easy. Yeah, I knew that one. I, uh, I saw that horse recently. This one. Old rustic cheese. <laughs> That's a band. Old Rest of Cheese is a band. It's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a progressive band. You yep. know them? Oh yeah, I hear them. All, I listen oh, to them all the time. Oh, my office wife. <laughs> horse. That is a horse. Ah. And you know what? Uh, do you know what an office wife is? Uh, it's you someone that, that you, term before. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a, uh, you know, you hold a power, a little bit of authority in an office, and you call these ladies in, and they service you. No. Oh, no, no. Oh. An office wife is somebody that you work with. If it's, it, usually it's a female if you're a male, uh, where whether they're subordinate to you or an, a coworker or whatever, they help you quite a bit. Yes. And maybe they help you to remember things and oh. do like like a wife would. They call them your office wife. And they remind you if you come out of the bathroom and you have toilet paper in your shoe. Yes, yeah, so or they were in the bathroom with you. All right. Next one. Nice boots, baby. That's a horse. That is a horse. Yes. Nice yeah, I can tell by your uh, inflection. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Here's one for you. Crotch duster. <laughs> Crotch duster. Band. That is a band. Yes. yes. Congrats. How many have you gotten right? Oh, a lot. Four or five. All right, the last one? Yep. Ready for the last one. Here we go. Taking it deep. <laughs> hmm. Horse. Taking it deep is a horse. Yes. <laughs> I know a lot more about this than I thought. Yeah, good guessing. That was pretty good. Well, you know what? St- sticking with the sticking with the musical sticking theme. With it, yes. Um, old my our our good friends and our good sponsors over at th- Old Three Hundred Three Music uh, are back again this week for oh, another. We gave, we gave away a, uh, an effects pedal. Last we did week. give an, away an effects pedal, and someone did have the secret code word. They did, which was toe. Toe. Actually, they had several responses. Yep. And uh, we did give away that pedal, so we're gonna play our commercial again right now. build character into every piece we make. At Old 303 Music, that's not spoken lightly. With over 15 years in the professional music industry, Brent Garrett of Old 303 has the miles on the road to back up his skills on the workbench. Whether you're looking for one-off, completely unique builds, or a solid workhorse for your collection or gigging and touring needs, Old 303 delivers. Each piece is made to order, and every instrument, amplifier, or effects pedal that leaves the shop has character built in. 
When you commission old 303, you're sure to have something that looks, sounds, and is like no other. Old 303 builds custom guitars, basses, tube amplifiers, cabinets, and effects pedals for the true musician. We'd like to think that our products not only look incredible, but sound incredible too. Brent is proud to announce that Old 303 is now the solo U.S. distributor for PSHC pedals. Handmade in Russia, these pedals are blowing up the boutique market. You have to see them and hear them for yourself. This week only be the first listener from the Eon Project to message Old 303 on Facebook with the secret code word and receive a free PSHC pedal. Visit Old 303 and PSHC pedals on Facebook at Brent A. Garrett and check out the incredible products and builds available and see for yourself that we really do build character into every piece we make. All right, old 303. There we go once again. Now, just to clarify, the uh, the giveaway has already happened. Yeah, we already gave away. So don't try to get the giveaway again. Don't try to say toe again. No, but you should you should go and check their uh, their wares out. You should. You should go to old 303. You should order one of these pedals. They're on yeah. Reverb now, too. You can go on Reverb, which is a, oh, yeah. for those of us that don't know, uh, it's a music uh, website for people who are buying and selling instruments, uh, music gear, and all, all things. You can get all kinds of good deals on there. Cool. I've used it in the past. So uh, go on there. Check out PSHC Pedals. Nice. And uh, buy yourself one. You know, uh, uh, something occurred to me on the way over here uh, to the palatial Eon Project Studios uh, this morning. As you know. Yeah. I typically stop and get a hot beverage. And today I brought you a hot beverage. You did. You did. Thank and you. Something happened to me as I was driving through the local establishment mm. to, to purchase these coffee beverages. Have you ever experienced the short arm Mm. Do you know what I mean when I say the short arm? What do you mean arm? when you when you pull up to a, a, a drive-thru and the person inside who's supposed to give you the beverage yes. or the food and take your money yes. short arms Yes. You. Yes. They don't extend their arm fully. Why, why, why do they do that? I don't know, but it happens all the time. Next time it happens, next time you're in a drive-thru uh, getting a coffee or whatever, make sure that you check to see that they are extending their arm all the way out, uh, telescoping their arm, if you will. Here's the problem. So is that it, you can get, you, yeah, you can hit. No, th- so you have to reach over and you reach you're at a, out. You're at a disadvantage. That's right. You're leaning out of the the safe and safe confines of your vehicle. You have to lean out into into uh, unexplored terrain. Yeah, you don't know who's hiding in there. Somebody, Uncleared territory. Somebody could grab your arm, handcuff you, and then before you know it, you're getting sodomized in the back of the uh, of, of the uh, uh, donut shop and by the dumpster. Some people pay extra for that. Mm. Anyway, so make sure they're not short arming you. And you should. You know what you should do? You should short arm them. You, yeah. you should just barely reach your little hand out the window and make them lean all the way through the window. What if they can't? What if they go, I can't reach you, sir, sir, sir. Don't you love it when people call you sir and they actually don't mean sir? They mean That's like, very condescending. I hate you, yeah. sir, excuse me. I don't like that. Anyway. Yeah. That's short arming. <laughs> I hate that. So you're next. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. So we're going to talk about, and my my topic has a historical, uh, uh, you know, twist to it. it has a twist. Has a uh, supernatural uh, twist. It has a uh, evil connotation twist to it, so to speak. So it's all these different things wrapped up. That's many twists, twists and turns, and uh, 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 things abound. <laughs> so we're going to talk about. <laughs> sorry, I'm just looking at you. You're making weird faces. I'm very attractive. We're going to talk about something called the Pergamon Altar. Ooh, Pergamon. Pergamon. I believe I uh, I had that kind of tea before. Pergamon tea. Pergamon? 
No, what, what's in the bergamot tea? That's bergamot. Bergamot? Yes, those of you listening in the United Kingdom know it better as Earl Grey. <laughs> I'll have a cup of Earl Grey tea, sir. Is that with how you have my, to say it? With my crumpets. Mm. I think they put milk in it over there, which I can't put milk in tea. You don't like milk in tea? You put milk in tea? Sugar and milk. No. Yes. And what, you, are you know, crazy? You know what else is good in tea? You're a limey Listen brick. to this. Well, this is good. Ready? I'm going to yes. let you in on a little uh, food secret in the in my world. Okay? Okay. Make yourself a nice hot cup of tea. Okay. Just regular, uh, you know, with the tea bags there. The common uh, everyday. I heard you like being tea bags. Lipton tea bags. Mm-hmm. You put in a, uh, a decent amount of milk and sugar. You know, make it semi-sweet. Put milk in there. Milk and sugar. Then get yourself some white bread and toast the white bread. What? And put butter on the white bread. Okay. And then dip the white bread in the tea. You are crazy. Dip the toast in the tea. You're causing a disruption in my life. No. Yes. No, you dip the toast in the tea and then you eat (laughs) the the moistened toast. No. You're putting a mass of wet, damp, uh, uh, saturated dough in your mouth. That's right. The best part of it is at the end you have... Bits of soggy bread in your tea, and you drink it down, and you chew it, <laughs> chew those bits down. You're a disgusting person. No, it's delicious. You put milk in your tea, and then you dump your bread in there. Dip your bread in it. Yep. Well, All right. I apologize anyway. to our English uh, speaking, our, our English speaking, our English uh, <laughs> listeners who enjoy their tea. <clears throat> the Pergamon altar, also known as the altar of Zeus, who, as we all know, is the Greek god of what? Uh, lightning bolts. Oh, lightning! I like lightning. Or, more evil connotation, throne of Satan. Oh, it's the throne. I enjoy saying throne. Oh, and I have to say it in an evil voice. Throne of Satan. No, you have to roll your tongue like this. Throne. Okay. So. Nice rolling, by the way. Thank you. Roland. All right. So, basically, it's one of the... Uh, it's the greatest examples of Hellenistic Greek sculpture. Hellenistic. We know all Helen. Helens are handsome women, aren't they? I don't know. You should know. <laughs> Didn't we have a Sister Helen in Catholic school? Yeah, we did have a Sister Helen. I, I remember her having terrible breath. We had a Sister Henry, too. Oh, she used to arm wrestle the kids, the boys, and win yeah, she, every she was, time. She was tough. She was a beast. So the uh, colossal altar of Zeus at Pergamon is near Izmir, Turkey. Ooh. And at one time it was part of Greece, but then the Ottomans basically took over. And Greece and Turkey. I'm hungry. Oh, greasy Turkey. Yep. It's a monumental, monumental work of Greek art built by King Eumenes II. It's a, it's a monumental monument. It was built uh, basically between the uh, 166 and 156 BCE. Oh, that was a long time ago. Why That's, did they add the E? Because it's What's no longer for? before Christ. It's before uh, Common Era. Before the Common Era. Because, you know, historians and like, scientists can't use the word Christ. People don't like Jesus anymore. It That's freaks them out. Yeah. So the altar is adorned with... A 370-foot-long marble frieze. Do you know what a frieze is? Yes, it's where you put your uh, your uh, your frozen vegetables mm-hmm. and your uh, your meats that you can't. That would eat, be the right? frigidaire. The frigidaire. No, a frieze spelled differently. It's F R I E Z E. It's basically like a relief of a sculpture. So like Ooh, uh, a relief. I enjoy relief. You know, like a, a like a flat marble wall, and then the the figures basically. Oh, like a ba relief coming out of the comes wall. Comes out of the wall. They're they're like three dimensional. Got it. And it depicts uh, Greek gods such as Zeus and Athena defeating mythical giants. So as we know, the giants were prevalent back then. Yeah, everybody talk about the giants. How come they don't find giant bones anywhere? Oh, supposedly they do. No. And they're being covered up. No. It's like the Parthenon in Athens, uh, kind of. But the Zeus's altar was basically constructed on a terrace uh, of the Acropolis overlooking the ancient city of Pergamon. Uh, oh, that's why they call it, it that, right? Is where it gets its name. And it's situated on the west coast of Anatolia, which is now Turkey and Asia Minor. Is Turkey or, uh, the United States ally, or are they not? 
They're not anymore, I don't uh, think. Yeah, I think so. No, it's got that, that weird guy in charge over there. The weird guy? Ed- Edragon or something? Ed- Edward II? No. Oh. Anyway. So, however, unlike the Parthenon, which we, we know from famous uh, pictures in... Uh, pictures of the ruins in Greece there. Mm-hmm. It was not a temple at all, but merely an altar, and possibly it was connected to the Doric Temple of Athena, which we all know about, right? Of course we know about that. That's right. So unlike the, path, the, the Parthenon's high classical Greek sculpture, whose statues and reliefs were always calm and serene, go look at pictures of this. It's not at all. Not serene. There's, uh, there's movement. There's excitement. The thing moves? Well, I mean, it looks like it. That's oh. the, the illusion of it. I see. And they, they actually come out so far as to, like, if you're walking up the steps of it, yep. it's almost like they're on the steps. Oh, like some of the sculptures, like, kneeling on the steps and things of that sort. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I'd like to see that. So the, the altar, and it has a nine-foot, uh, like I said earlier, nine-foot-high uh, frieze, which is alive with huge figures of gods and giants and locked in Mortal Kombat. Like Mortal Kombat game? Like, I love that game. You know, who who's your favorite Mortal Kombat character? The original Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the original. Talked about the, the first game, one. So yes. I was probably best. I would say I was best with Raiden. I love Raiden, mm. uh, but I was I was very very good with Sub Zero as well. You were good with you like Sub Zero? Did you? I enjoy Sub Zero. Mm. Yes. Okay. Back to the freeze. Yes. So in the late seventh century, during the Christian Arab conflict, which seems to be going on since the dawn of time, mm-hmm. the buildings on the Pergamon Acropolis, including the Zeus altar, were partly dismantled to provide stone for defense works. So they started to dismantle it. They used what uh, a bunch of jackasses. Just leave it alone. They used people can't just leave things. Leave alone. it alone. They used uh, you know the things to build up uh, you know some of their defenses and things of that sort. Uh, and in 716, the Arabs overran the city uh, Arabs temporarily, but then things. but then it was banded, uh, abandoned, not abandoned, but abandoned. It was the bandits banded. In the se- at 12th century, I'm just trying to give a little background on on okay. the. Uh, and then you get to get into the mystical. I'm going to get into the myst- mystical portions of it. Got it. So basically, over the next eight centuries, uh, the Por- Pergamon altar was visited by a number of you know Europeans as they like to explore around. Mm-hmm. Art collectors, travelers, all kinds of people were going over there and seeing a thing. It was a, a work of art unmatched and unparalleled. Unmatched. So let's fast forward. So we're going to fast forward. We're going to go back. Then we're going to fast forward again. You know, <laughs> okay. like the old, uh, maybe you should tape. Maybe you had to fast forward forever. the tapes. Yes. Hated that. Fast forward, rewind. You wanted to get to the fourth uh, song. When you wanted to pause it on a, on a booby scene, you couldn't just do it. You, no. You had to like, you had, this, you had to do it just right. Because when you hit pause, it didn't just pause instantaneously. There was like a, a runoff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so then you'd have to account for the runoff if you That's went right. to the booby picture. And then you had to look through the, the, the squigglies. Squiggly lines. And you have to adjust the tracking. And then your mom would come in and go, like, what oh, are you doing? Hey, boom. Why are you watching this movie for the 37th time, Michael? Uh, I thought it saw a nipple. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> let's fast forward to the 1800s. Prussian engineer. Prussian. Oh, the Prussians. Or German, if you will. Same thing. Carl Hooman. They're all named Carl. He visited Pergamon for the first time in 1864. Oh. And, uh, you know, he returned to the site several times uh, over the following years. And he sh- this is where the controversy comes in. So he strong- basically he advocated for the preservation of the, uh, you know, antiquities of that particular area. who is area. this guy? Some kind of a, <clears throat> some kind of a, 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 a crusader for art? Well, that's Something. that's the way they played it off, yes. right? He was saying basically because you know, like we like we talked about earlier, they were using parts of it uh, uh, in, in construction of different different things, and people were coming up and they were raiding the site. Mm. So his claim was that he was doing it to help preserve the structure. Okay, um, to you know, to basically take it from where it was its original location. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because they were using them for different the core the the local inhabitants were quarrying the materials and, and things of that sort. 
So the Germans at this time wanted to be, they wanted to achieve a cultural parity with Britain and France. And basically what that means is, you know, Britain and France were known for their uh, yes. sophistication, right. their love of art. And their tea. And, and their tea and all things, uh, you know, cultural across the world. Mm-hmm. So what they were doing, the British and the French, they were looting in different parts of the oh. world. And taking they were stealing other cultures stuff. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. And they were taking them back to their countries and they were putting them on display in their museums. Aha. Uh-huh. That would be much like... If the Turks or the Greeks went to uh, England right. and stole Bing Ben, Big Ben, Bing Ben, or some other uh, <laughs> noted, that would be hard to take. Although you know what, in London today there is a uh, there is an Egyptian obelisk that was stolen from Egypt way back in the day. That's right. So imagine the Turks uh, taking Big Ben and erecting it in their country and saying that it was a, now it's a museum and they're trying to preserve it. They erected it. That wouldn't uh, that wouldn't go over well. Hmm. So. Uh, he basically, in two major digs, 1879 and 1904, and supposedly with the, gre- uh, the agreement of the Ottoman authorities, which wasn't true at all, they just said that. You know what those people, they're really good at resting their feet on things, those Ottomans. The Ottomans? Yeah. yeah. You ever had an Ottoman? Uh, I, ha- I have Ottomans at my home today. We don't, we don't utilize the Ottoman. Let me ask you this. What's the difference people between sit on it. <laughs> an Ottoman and a hassock? Uh, I, a hassock? Yeah, you ever heard of that term? Isn't that a special kind of underwear that has like a sling for your genitalia? No. <laughs> No, that's a... Uh, that's, that's a hammock. A, <laughs> a banana hammock? Banana hammock. No. A hassock. Isn't a hassock like an ottoman? I don't know what a hassock is. I don't know. I don't even know how to spell You're it. You're leading us down a, a rabbit hole here. Oh, sorry. But anyway, so the 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 Pergamon altar was dismantled. Its its remains were excavated. And it was transported by barge, Ooh. by donkey, <laughs> by uh, uh, little men uh, all across... Oompa Loompas. Uh, throughout Europe and back to Germany where it was set up, reconstructed in Berlin. So they stole it. They basically stole it. And no one said anything. And it sits <laughs> and where it sits today. It's still sitting in Berlin. You can go visit it. Oh. That's so, interesting. Now, let's get into the mythical. Yeah, so now, to this point, it's just a, a fabulous piece of art that everybody wanted. That's correct. Got it. I'm going to quote Revelations here. Oh. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, I know your works. And where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr. It's a man's name. Antipas. Antipas. Who was killed among you where Satan dwells. I see. And that's Revelation 2.12. Okay. So today, in Pergamon, obviously, there's just remains left. Right. The whole other structure was moved to Berlin. That's right. But when the Apostle John wrote his letter to the church there... It was one of the most influential cities in the Roman Empire. So he uh, he wrote some uh, some things there. I see. Yes. So Pergamon had a unique status that was different than any other city because it was the political center. This is where they came. They made all these right. decisions, sure. important things. Important people with robes lived there. That's right. It was from there that all the rulings were made that affected the whole of Asia Minor. So that oh, had a bunch of grapes. That particular, uh, you know, area. Gripes. Where did you get gripes from? Gr- Only rich people have gripes. Sorry. Isn't a gripe, isn't that when you have an issue with somebody? That's a gripe, sir. This is a gripe. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. That's my accent for the day. So, the city's uh, Acropolis that rivaled Athens. It was, a, it was The library was the second largest in the ancient world. It was a collection so great that, uh, you know old Mark Anthony, right? Oh, yeah. Remember him? Mark Anthony. He, the Roman he, uh, general. He sang the... Oh, oh, oh. He wasn't married yeah, to not the Yeah, uh, not the Latino uh, Heart singing and dancing uh, machine. Mark I will Anthony. be your hero. That, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Yeah. At the end of the first century, Pergamon was a thriving city. So why does the book of Revelation call it the dwelling place of Satan? I don't know. Any idea? 
It was hot there? Well, maybe the answer lies within the ruins. You got a bunch of swamp ass when you visited it? Let's go check the ruins. Okay. On one side, it was a very beautiful city. But unfortunately, on the other flip side, it was a, supposedly one of the darkest, eeriest cities in the Roman Empire. Ooh, it was dark. So the, the people of Pergamon were known as the temporal, Temple Keepers of Asia. Ooh. We talk about uh, youth in Asia again. Yes. The city had three temples dedicated to the worship uh, of the Roman emperor, another one for the goddess Athena, obviously the great altar of Zeus, which is what we're talking about, the king of the Greek gods. So lots of cool stuff was there. Lots of cool things. So many scholars believe that the altar of Zeus is actually the throne of Satan mentioned in the book of Revelation. I see. Why would it be? We don't know. Well, we're going to get to that. Got to find out. Do you want to find out? Yes, I do. Okay. So let's talk about the book of Revelation. We're going to find out. Okay. Jesus called Antipas. Antipas or antipasto. Antipasto. Is that if, the opposite of pasto? If you eat pasta and then antipasto, are you still hungry? They cancel each other out. Yep. It's fine. He called uh, He called him my faithful martyr. Why do you think he called him that? Because he died. Well, he was the bishop of Pergamum, and he uh, you know, he was ordained by the apostle John, and his faith got the attention of the priests there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, supposedly he cast out so many devils and people that the demons had been complaining to the pagans. <laughs> Basically, they said, you got to do something about this Antipas guy. This guy keeps casting us out. Antipas. Calling us names. He's casting us out. You need to do something. You need to, you need to, uh, you know, set him straight. Sure. So he basically did the, what the mob would do. And he uh, sent a guy over named Johnny No Thumbs. Johnny No Thumbs. And he took care of him. So the pagan priest went to the Roman governor. They complained about his prayers, driving the spirits out. And as punishment, the governor ordered Antipas to offer a sacrifice of wine and incense to a statue of the Roman emperor and declare that the emperor was Lord and God. Do you think he did that? No, he didn't. Of course not. Antipas refused. I refuse, sir. <laughs> if you reject the divinity of the Roman Empire, then that is the equivalent of rejecting the city of Rome, and believers were killed for this. How come in all old movies, or in movies to this day, any from whatever country you're from, you have a British accent? So if the bad guy's from Germany, right. he has a British accent. I don't if know. they're from Turkey, they have a British accent. Well, I guess it's just easier to reproduce... Uh, a Tur- than a Turkish accent? I think so. I don't know how what to is do a that. I have no accent. idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they sound like. Everyone from Turkey. So as, as you can see, Antipas was sentenced to death, and he was sentenced to death on the Zeus, the altar of Zeus. Oh. That's right. And it was basically... Uh, I can see where this is going. They, they was a, apparently, there was a bronze bull on the, uh, on the top of the altar, and it was designed for human sacrifice. You. So they would take the victim, they'd place him inside the bull... And they would, they would tie him in such a way that his head would go into the head of the bull. Ew. Then they would uh, so light it. inside, so it's like a statue. That's right. And so you're inside this. They put you in it, right? They're inside this bronze bull, and they'd light a huge fire under the bull. Ooh, that sounds fun. And at least, uh, you know, they, the fire heated the bronze. The person, obviously the person inside the bull it, was. It, it got muggy in there. They'd slowly begin to roast to death. Ugh. So as the victim would begin to moan and cry out in pain, his cries would echo through the pipes in the head of the bull. So it seemed to make the bull come alive. So that's, it was, that's dark, man. And there's a bull coming alive in I the studio as we speak. <laughs> so even in the midst of the flames, Mr. Antipas or Antipasto or Antipas, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. he died praying for his church, and that was in AD 92. I wonder if, if there was a hole in the bull where you could drop uh, seasonings and, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, mulled wine or something like that to season. Um, I'm thinking about, I'm hungry. Oh, you're getting hungry? Sorry. What are you going to have for lunch today? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had lunch yet. Okay, so as we talked about, uh, later on, German engineers, German... Uh, Volkswagen. People, theft, theft they thieved types. It. <laughs> <laughs> they, they dismantled it and they brought it back to Berlin. So fast forward again. Let's go. Into Berlin. They reconstruct it. And, uh, you know, what? who comes to power in the 30s? 1930s. 
Uh, Joe Wilson. Joe Wilson and his more uh, un- lesser known brother, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Did Adolf Hitler have siblings or he was an only child? I <clears throat> he, think. Uh, well, he, I think he had some half siblings, maybe. Oh. I don't know. Anyway. So he came to power roughly 1934-ish, right? Yeah. He would later sit on the throne of Satan. He did? He did. Oh, now we're starting to get somewhere. He ordered, when he ordered the construction of the Tribune at Zeppelin Field in Nuremberg for his future speeches. So, you know, the big famous Nuremberg. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. The Nuremberg speech there that we all see. Yep. Uh, and his architect, do you know who his architect was? His, his personal architect? I don't. Albert Speer. Oh. He basically modeled uh, the podium. Mm-hmm. You know, he built the podium, basically where they were executing people within right. the bull. Right. They they uh, they created a podium there for Hitler to speak upon. Ah. And when he was giving his speech, mm-hmm. basically on top of the altar of Zeus. And as we know, <sighs> yes, that one of the most evil regimes in history. So, yes, as you can see, the past, well, reproduces itself. Yes, because, well, as we all know from, from past Eon Project shows and general knowledge, that the Nazis were keen on... Uh, developing all sorts of uh, uh, information about old relics that had supernatural powers. That's exactly in- right. Including the Spear of Destiny, uh, the, the uh, Holy Grail. Yeah, all kinds of different things like that. Stuff that would have magical abilities. Exactly, because they, you know, they were into the occult, sure. the esoteric, yes. the uh, spiritual, things of that sort. So they, yeah. were, and they were trying to create their own modern... Uh, history basically about what you know what they want to do going forward. Well, yeah, and not to get into the, the into the rabbit hole on this one, but you know, they, they as you mentioned, the the Nazis were big on their own legacy or their own history, and a lot of their history was made up by them. That's right. And so they figured if they got a hold of these relics and these power th- powerful uh, objects, that they could rewrite their own history. And it was validating right. their history and what exactly. they what they wanted to achieve yeah. exactly. So yeah, so as you can see, full circle, yeah. uh, the the throne of Satan, that's where it gets its name. I see. Uh, and w- as we know, uh, Hitler reigned hell, death, and destruction upon the whole world for, for several years. Uh-huh. Um, and he drew, drew his power and his and his influence from, initially, from standing on top of the uh-huh. the altar of Zeus or the, te- the Pergamon altar. I can tell you that I have not heard this story before, and I've heard a lot of stories about the Nazis and, and what they did. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write... These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's throne is. That's Revelation again. Ooh, again. That's it. Well, that's a pretty interesting thing. I want to see pictures of it. You yeah, can... yeah, look it up. It's pretty cool. Actually, what? you can visit it to this day. It's still in Berlin. I was going to say, it's still there? Yep. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. So after your story, we're going to go back to my lovely, beloved New England for the next and last oh, we're coming story. home again. Coming home to a very interesting place that you can visit to this day. But the, the common theme about all these things is you can visit these places exactly relatively easily. So if you find yourself driving along the coastline of Gloucester, Massachusetts, you ever been up there? Yeah, I've been. It's nice. You'll see many. It's many a whaling towns. town. Gloucester. I'm a fisherman from Gloucester. Another another British is that name. Bob Kennedy. Gloucester. Who's that? I move that we take all the money in the treasury and give it to me. Anyway. So you'll see many things driving along the coast of Gloucester, but one of the things that you probably would not expect to see, but will, mm-hmm. is a medieval-looking castle straight out of Monty Python on the Holy Grail. You know there's a castle up there? Nope. Hammond Castle, built in 1926, between 1926 and 1929, by an eccentric inventor by the name of John Hayes Hammond Jr. to be used as his private residence. Hammond invented tons of stuff that you've probably never heard of and had over 800 patents in his name, and at one point... 
held the second most patents of anyone in the United States after who had the mo- held the Thomas most? Edison. That's right, Thomas Edison. But he was also an avid collector of art and a fan of the Renaissance period. So when you're rich and you're not weird anymore, you're eccentric. Mm. Did, you know that? Did you know that? That's okay. Though. After you have a certain amount of money in your bank account, you're no longer a weirdo. You're now an eccentric. That's right. So in his eccentricities, Hammond built a lot of weird stuff into his house that he wanted to build, and he built a castle. So there's a, a number of weird things involved in the building of his castle, and I'm going to get into some of them today. Yep. He installed a series of pipes and water features outside the house. I'm going to call it the castle. Outside the castle. So that he he could create a mist whenever he wanted. So if he wanted to come in at night yep. and wander through the mists yes. to get to his castle, he could do that. He would just have to turn a switch. Oh. He had the, the pipes. Hey, to, what was the year The year on this again? Sorry. 1926 to oh, 1929. That's a weird time. Sure. So he, so he, had, the, he had the misting system. <laughs> he had rooms in his castle that rained inside of them. Rained inside the yeah, castle? Yeah, he, oh. he had it rigged so that it would rain inside the rooms. <clears throat> I hope there was decent drainage. I, I, I would hope so. Mm. He also had a massive pipe organ oh, in his castle. A pipe organ? That had over 8,700 individual... Is that a metaphor? Sorry. 8,700 individual pipes and took 10 years to make. Okay. But I think he didn't He didn't have it made. Like, he bought it from somebody I else. I like pipe organs. I like it. They're cool. They are. They're, they sound creepy. Mm. Also, and this was weird. Uh, this was a weird thing that he did. He, he was a bit of a prankster uh-huh. and a bit of a weirdo, as we mentioned before. Oh. He covered the inner walls and ceilings of his some of his guest rooms with the same wallpaper, and he could remotely open and close the doors, making it difficult for you to find the way out. So you get into the oh. you get into the room, he shuts the door. The doors were camouflaged. Yeah, and yeah. so you couldn't find your way out. They didn't have doorknobs on there, and then he could open it and shut your doors remotely. I can just picture him sitting in a closet <laughs> naked, laughing <laughs> by uh, torturing his guests. Hilarious. He would also he also had an indoor pool, which mm-hmm. at the time was unheard of. And he liked to dive into his pool naked from the second floor. Oh. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we had a above ground pool. You know, the circular above ground pools. Yeah. And in the midst of this pool, uh, or uh, we were building a, uh, a deck that kind of a uh, screen and porch that overlooked this. Right. And it didn't have any windows at the time. And it was a good maybe 10, 12 feet above the pool. Okay. And my brother thought it would be a good idea <laughs> to stand in the window and jump out of the window <laughs> and into the pool. It's only four feet deep. Right. <laughs> Kept doing it. I don't know how he didn't kill himself. I'm surprised he did not injure himself yeah. severely. He's dumb. So Mr. Hammond also filled his castle with arts and artifacts from all periods of history that he could find. Mm. Uh, well, as we all know, according to this program, and sometimes uh, objects can possess strange properties, mm-hmm. if you will. Supposedly, some of the ki- some of the items in his castle are cursed, and these are items that you can still see today. Oh, when you go there, he actually has the skull of one of Columbus's crew members. Come on, yeah, I saw a picture of it. How do they prove that? <laughs> I don't know. It's in a velvet lined box. You can see it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of decrepit looking. Like, it's all shattered yeah, and yeah. stuff, but it's still there. He also experimented heavily with spiritualism and tried to contact spirits of the dead. He even built a Faraday cage. You know what that is? It's, it's a cage you stand in it, and uh, electricity goes around the That's cage. That's right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's supposedly electronically, uh, electromagnetically neutral. So, like, there'll be no interference if you're in it. Here's a question for you. Yes? Speaking of Faraday cages, let's see if you know the correct answer here. Okay. Well, I kind of just gave it away. <laughs> And most people don't realize this is the right answer. Why is your car one of the safest places you can be in a lightning storm? Because the electricity goes around you and into the ground, not because of the stupid rubber tires. That's correct. The rubber tires would have to be a mile thick to, to 
uh, to insulate you from a lightning blast. That's a, that's exactly See, right. I know. I'm yeah, you went stupid. to the Museum of Science. I went to the same that. museum you did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he built a Faraday cage in there to block electrical currents, and he asked psychic mediums to contact the dead from inside the cage so that they wouldn't have any interference. Mm. The intention was to eliminate the uh, outside world and you know allow them to more purely contact the spirits. No word on how successful these experiments were mm-hmm. but there's all sorts of weird stuff you can go there to this day and look around it's, it is a castle it's a big big building right anyway so he died i don't know how he died i didn't look that up but anyway his wishes were this is a funny wish to have his grave covered with poison ivy so that no one would ever bother him <laughs> oh yeah because you know you can't get through the poison no ivy. you can't so his ghost is said to haunt the castle to this day as is the ghost of his wife uh they love the castle they lived there for many years and they were very attached to it they passed away and supposedly mm-hmm. uh, still on the, the the Hammond Castle actually has all sorts of events there throughout the year. They do a Renaissance fair in oh. the summertime, and then they tur- they've turned it into a haunted house. At, at uh, they should have like a beer tasting. That we we would go to that. That would be fun. Well, we went. Yeah, we went to a place called Higgins Armory once for a beer tasting. That's right. Higgins Armory was a really interesting place in Worcester, Massachusetts. They had all sorts of arms and armor from like the Middle Ages on. That's right. Uh, great time. Got really intoxicated. Do you remember the guy? Then they closed the building. (laughs) There was a guy there that, uh, so they have horses. uh, Yes. uh, Like actual horses that aren't alive anymore. And uh, they have like knights atop the horses and things. Yeah. And it's a very, you can't really touch anything in there. No. So why they would have a drunken beer fest in there (laughs) is beyond me. I'm surprised nobody took out a Viking sword from 1100 swinging it around. A gentleman had imbibed too much alcohol and threw up on the feet of one of these horses. Oh. That was not cool. Anyway, that's probably why they closed the Higgins Armory. Probably. But the Hammond Castle, you can still go visit. I think it's like 10 bucks. Mm. You, you can get a tour of the place. Um, very interesting place. I'm planning. I actually have not been there myself, but I am planning on going. I was thinking about taking my children, but they would probably become lost in the labyrinthine uh, interiors. And no, I might you not know, see that them might be again. A good, that might be a good day trip. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. That'd be fun to do. You know, they, do you remember the castle that was in... Uh, uh, so the the main city that Mike and I grew up in, which is close to where we are today, is called Woonsocket. Woonsocket. Which is a, a Native American word, which means thunder mist. Thunder mist. Because there's a little waterfall in the No, town. it actually, it's an old Algonquin word that means pajama pants. Oh, gotcha. Anyway. Uh, there was a there was a castle in our town. It was called Kay's Castle. Yes. Actually, Kay, the, yeah, and it's still there. Yep. Um, it's a private residence, and it looks much like a castle, and it's situated on a dead-end road yes. atop a hill, and you can see it you know, from a pretty good distance away. Mm-hmm. So the gentleman, uh, he uh, attained his fortune in the restaurant business. It's still there, Kay's Restaurant, right? Yeah, Kay's Restaurant, and um, he was same thing. He was an eccentric man, and <laughs> one of my friends growing up, his mother worked at the restaurant. Oh. So she got invited as did I, because my friend and I would go, and we'd go hang out at Kay's Castle. Really? He was an older man who lived there by himself, and we'd hang out by his pool all day in our pool shorts. Did he watch you from the <laughs> from the balcony? And he would sit he around the pool, and he would watch us. Stroke himself. And uh, he never did anything. He just uh, hung out by the cabana. Nothing you could see. <laughs> he hung out by the cabana while we swam in the pool all day. What did your mother do? My mother wasn't there. Oh. She just left you to your own devices and to the old man's clutches. No, no, there was uh, there was other adults. Uh, oh, there were adults, a few supervisors, like one or two adults somewhere around. Are you sure you made it out of there unscathed, with your honor intact? But it was like it was like a Spanish grotto, and it was like you walk in, and it was stone, and there was like uh, metal wrought iron was this, stuff. Was this memory finally unearthed at a, at a recent therapy session? You know, I, I, I try to put a lot of that on my mind. But it was good. It was you know what I hated about Kay's restaurant? What's that? You could only get like three kind of sandwiches and you couldn't get anything on them. They're like, that's how it comes. And if you go yep. in there, you can't have any. There's no condiments you can put on no, it. No. Nope. There's no alterations. You just have to have it the way that they want it, the way they want it. 
Not the way you want. No. They're right. You're wrong. But this is why he made millions, because his menu, the most cost-effective menu everywhere, was a cocktail napkin. Yes, that's right. It was just, you know, that you'd go to a bar, you put your drink on, yep. and it just had what the sandwiches they had were on the napkin. That's it. There that's was it. no plates. There was no nothing. Nope. And you, like I said, you couldn't all, you could not customize your own sandwich. Sandwiches are good, though. I'll give them that. Ugh. All right. Anyway. Well, okay. That's all, that's all I got on Hammond Castle. Go check it out if you're in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Absolutely. Is that our show for today? That's our show for today. All right. We are The Eon Project. Check us out. Drop us a line at uh, theeonproject.yahoo.com. You can also check us out on Twitter and Facebook. And as we said earlier, we welcome all new listeners. Uh, we yes. have a bunch of new listeners in the UK right now, and uh, we're very excited to have them Hello. on board. So uh, pass the word to your friends, family, uh, enemies. Yes, enemies cohorts, especially. People you don't uh, want, yes. Your proctologist, pass the word to everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just remember, until next time, the truth exists. Believe it. Believe it.